The want to succeed put in so much time and resources and it's pride that I'm aiming for here. For me, I am very excited that a dream conceived while folding laundry in a vacation home together with my daughter has gotten to a point, you know, I look at some of the reviews who says this is the prettiest thing I have in my drawer. Thank you for making it. Welcome to Reinvention After 50, a Brand 50 podcast where we interview a large spectrum of entrepreneurs that have started their businesses later in life. Learn, be inspired, and get motivated by their stories so that you can take your life's experiences and turn them into your next venture. And here are your hosts, Jack Uhaldi and Robert Erie-Artford. Welcome, everyone, to Reinvention After 50, a Brand 50 podcast. I'm one of the co-founders, Robert Erie Artboard. And once again, we have one of our co-contributors to our podcast, Stephanie O'Dell of Celebrate the Gray. And today she interviewed a mother and daughter team, Noah and Shaula, where they, what's their, their tagline is, not your granny's panties. Correct. So, is that correct? Yes. Yep. So they're actually making underwear because... Shaula couldn't find anything that she liked. They found the niche and they were very successful at it. But the thing that really intrigued me is that Shaula started an IT company when she was in her mid forties, which was incredible. So we're talking about 30 years ago, correct? Around that Right, she's point? in her seventies. She's been a pioneer for a long time. Yeah, she used to work for IBM before that. So she was always in the tech industry. And then her daughter is in marketing. She used to work for L'Oreal Paris, did marketing for American Express. So they put their heads together to come up with this new company called Bloomers Intimate, where they sell fashionable and comfortable underwear for women online. So I is love- that a hard, they... hard thing to, to spit out, Robert? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, really it's not. I, I don't have a problem with women's underwear, but- uh... <laughs> Good to hear. <laughs> I just think it's very interesting that they come from this marketing background and IT background to have this company. So, and I know you've been working with them for what last year. So tell us how that's going and how you actually got a hold of them. Well, they got a hold of me, which was I always love when someone DMs me through Instagram and wants to chat. Um, and you know, it's really interesting. It's a, another example of somebody having an issue or a problem and looking for the solution. Um, Shola looked for the solution. She used to buy these beautiful lace underwear from Harrods in London and tried to find them years later. Her, her supply that she had bought up for years had um, disappeared or had worn out. And she tried to find them and couldn't find them. And so again, you know, like most of us, when there's a problem, we find try to find someone else to find the solution for us. Well, she couldn't, and she is an entrepreneur from, you know, starting her tech company. And so she and her daughter, I remember them having the conversation, telling me about the conversation they had, and her daughter was like, what, start an underwear company? Like, no, what are you talking about? Um, and they just decided to take it upon themselves. Granted, they took it upon themselves during pandemic and right before pandemic. And it's been challenging with, supply chains out of China and, um, you know, all those things that would have stopped a lot of people. I think Shaula is very um, determined and 
persistent. So they kept at it and then reached out to me because they really were passionate about including the 50 plus woman and authentically representing her. So we had the opportunity to work together and build a um, brand awareness campaign through social media. And they hired one of the models of Celebrate the Gray actually to do a photo shoot in New York and didn't Photoshop her and showed her, she's in her early seventies and showed her in this beautiful lacy underwear and very empowering for women to see those visuals. And what I liked about the podcast was that they're really honest about the journey it takes. It's it's not easy, especially during the supply chain, but it's almost a blessing in disguise to have it during the pandemic because as we know, people were buying stuff online like crazy. Right. So like almost a perfect time. But I like how she just said, you just got to keep going forward. You know, call 99 people or email yeah. 99 people. You won't hear one response, but the hundredth person right. can get you something. So Yeah, and they talk really, about that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and also going into an industry they knew nothing about. I, I think that gives other people power about the possibility of, you know, don't let that you don't have knowledge in a certain industry make you think you can't be successful or can't start a business. They asked for a lot of help. Um, and like you said, 99% of those people said no, but the one that did is the right person that got what they're trying to do. And has they've um, built this really great team that I feel f fortunate to be part of. Let's check it out. Welcome to Brand 50 podcast. I'm thrilled to be in conversation today with two lovely ladies that I've had the opportunity to work with. And Brand 50 podcast is really about reinvention in midlife and beyond. And Nola and Shola have started an amazing company called Bloomers Intimates, not your granny's panties. And it's a really interesting story. We found each other, I think, Nola, Noah, you found me online, but then we have we've had the opportunity to work together. And I just really wanted to share your story. It's really inspiring and impactful of finding a need in a market, but also working together, your mother-daughter team, working together intergenerationally, learning from mm -hmm. each other and really lifting each other up. So welcome and thank you for being here today. I'm excited to thank have you. a conversation and share your story with everybody. Yeah, we are too. So tell us a little bit about why an underwear company? Who started the idea? Where did it come from? And how did it grow into what it's grown into? I'm going to let Peter start. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so, so first introduce I, yourselves. I, I didn't introduce each of you, but let's, I know some will be listening just audio. So you may have to, um, dis, Distinguish each or figure out whose voice is who, but first introduce yourselves. Okay, so I am Shaula Alexander Yamini, co founder with my daughter Noah of Bloomers Intimates. We started the company because I missed getting pretty panties that I used to get on shopping on business trips, actually, to the UK. I used to be in the software business. Uh, on travel, I used to stock up on these very pretty lace panties, full coverage, comfortable, but very, very pretty. And I started looking for them and saw that there is just no such thing in the market. Pretty was for these self-like 18-year-olds who don't mind having something, you know, uh, 
I don't Go ahead, know. Say how it, a thong. A thong. A thong, <laughs> right. That's that we're willing, uncomfortable. Willing to wear. Bottom yes, line, uncomfortable. To wear uncomfortable thongs. And the only thing I found comfortable were cotton jockeys. And I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not that old that I'm going to wear these cotton jockeys. I want something pretty, but I do want the full coverage and the comfort of a granny panty. And that's that's really, and I discussed it with, with Noah. Noah has a background in luxury brand marketing, which is very, very different from mine. And, you know, we thought a little bit about it and said, why not? You know, a need in the market, unfulfilled, give it a try. And so how much convincing, Noah, let's <laughs> let you introduce yourself, but how much convincing yes. did your mother have to do? So I'm uh, Noah Arias. I am Shula's daughter. I remember the conversation I had with my mom. She was folding laundry and she was, she held up the underwear and I was like, nah, I don't, I don't want to be a part of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what were you but, doing? What were you doing at the time? Were you working at the time or? Yeah, I was working. I was working for a consumer goods, consumer products um, company. I've, I've, my background is in general is in marketing. I've worked at some big corporations and startups um, in beauty and technology so a little bit of everything, but I, I really do love, you know, the startup life and the, the hustle. So when she came to me, you know, at first I, I was not interested in talking to my mother about her underwear, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but me and my sister-in-law, we, you know, we went on the hunt we're like, this has to exist. And we went on the hunt and we couldn't find anything like it. And then in asking around my own friends, that I saw there was an interest and a need. So that's, you know, kind of how it started. And I think the conversation first took place in August of 2020. And then by December, okay. I left my other job to focus on Bloomers full-time. How long, Shola, had it been since you had been working? You were in the tech industry and... So I, I had founded a software company many, 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 many years ago had an exit, meaning the company was acquired more than 15 years ago. And since then, what I'd been doing is working a lot with startups, mentoring, helping them perfect their pitch deck, talking about when to raise money and how to raise money, which is really, really a lot of fun because, you know, I was interacting with very creative, very dynamic young people. And I think at some point I felt that, you know, it's great uh, to give advice and listen and mentor, but it was a lot more fun, a lot more challenging. I won't say for a minute that it was just fun, but it was like real life to actually do rather than just advise. I'm still doing the mentoring of young startup founders, but you know, this is a lot more exciting. It's our baby. Right. I would think you really good insight into the reality of what they're experiencing. Absolutely. That, that is so true. And one of the reasons I did the mentoring is I felt, especially the technology world, it's so dynamic, you know, you can't just drop out and, and then drop in again. You have to stay current. Yeah. Did you want to add something, 
Oh yeah. I just wanted to add that, uh, with the tech company, you know, my mom told me that, you know, I waited till I was 44 to launch my first company. So you still have time and (laughs) I am now 43. So I'm beating her. No, (laughs) (laughs) always a competition with our mothers and our daughters. Um, let me ask you, and, and I don't know if you're willing to share your age, Shola, but absolutely. Uh, it's, it's actually very easy to find. I'm 74 years old. So never too late to start something new. No, in fact, this is what keeps you young. You know, I'm, I'm not done yet. Yeah. Well, let's talk about starting this business during COVID and what were some of the biggest challenges when you started? And Show or Nola, you have some consumer goods background, but that's an interesting industry to step into. You know, the fabrics, the I know you just everything. So, what what were some of the big challenges in the beginning? There were many. <laughs> um, first and foremost, we didn't have a designer to begin with, so we were working with my mother's seam, you know, seamstress to take our ideas and former, you know, samples of these former ideal knickers, if you will, uh, and turn them into something that we liked. So, you know, that was a big challenge in uh, finding fabrics. I was working, I'm just, you know, reaching out to random people on the internet, trying to find out what is what, but if, until you touch it, you have no idea. Yeah. And but during COVID, was- it was very hard yeah. to go to the, um, garment in a uh, district and, and see and touch. Yeah. And it, you know, it actually, I think there are aspects of COVID that made it a little easier because you could work from anywhere in the world and work with people across the world. You've never met before, whereas before you might've had to travel or, you know, somehow True. find somebody near you. Um, <clears throat> but it all kind of started coming together when we, we did find the right fabric and the fabric people. I like that the fabric, by the way, came before the designer uh, <laughs> the people pointed us to the designer. Who, who then, yeah. And she's fantastic. And she's pointed us to other people and right. she helped us. Um, and I don't even remember somebody pointed us to somebody else who helped us find the person who helps us with our operations and manufacturing. So it all started it to come together. Like, not without spending a lot of money and, you know, making mistakes. That's how you learn. Yeah. And do you find, did you find that Shola, when you were working the collaboration with help and support as much as now, or is that really, you know, we get in our way of not asking for help and thinking we need to know how to do everything. But I'm just curious if and I don't know if there were all women that were helping you or if you had men and women helping you um, and with bloomers. Yeah. But I think so, versus in the past in so your career, in the past, you know, there are actually similarities that, you know, you, you probably wouldn't expect. But in my technology company, I found out just through trial and error that if you get terrific people on board first, then you get terrific people on board second because they want to work with the first batch of terrific people and on and on. And I think that Noah and I were very lucky. We got both the the product person and the production person really are 
so good that we feel that, you know, we've come such a long way in a very short amount of time. So it's not just a matter of getting help. It's really more about getting the right help. You know, in software, we say one very good person does better work than a hundred good people. I think it's the, that's the way in almost any field. And did you in the beginning have any surprises of, you know, when you had conversations with people and you'd present your idea, any surprises around that or anybody saying, oh no, you can't do that. Or, and you just decided, well, we're going to do it this way and screw you. It's like, we can no, do what we actually, want. Actually, I was very pleasantly surprised that our fabric supplier, when we, we have an innovative design, we didn't, you know, get a patent on it. I don't think you get patents on these things, but we have an innovative way of using stretch lace fabric. And the vendor, the lace vendor said to me, this is very interesting. I really think you have something special here. And I have to tell you that given that I considered that I really had no clue, that was a very <laughs> nice, it was a very nice thing to hear. Yeah. So of course there's surprises, you know, you order something off the internet and it comes and you say, how could I even have thought about this? Or, but overall, you know, knock on wood. Let's talk about the design. Cause I know there's specific things that set you apart. So just for our <laughs> listener to understand what sets bloomers apart. I, I think in general, it's the whole package that sets us apart, but within the whole package, there's high-waisted underwear from other brands, but it's a high-waisted thong or it's a high-waisted, you know, cheeky. So the combination of the high-waist and the full coverage rear that doesn't ride up, the fact that we have this integrated scallop into the cut, so there's no panty lines. And the, all combined and created from a, a very elegant and beautiful, super stretchy lace that feels very soft. It's, you know, most people think of lace, they think it's crispy, it's going to be itchy, but this is, it's almost like satiny soft. So it's really like the whole combination of anything you'd want. If your body, you know, you need a little more support. You don't want muffin top hanging out the top of your pants. We, we take care of it all. We've also heard from uh, women that have had C-sections that this is perfect to cover. It's still, you know, flirty and pretty, but it covers the scar. Very and did nice. you go into this with those ideas in mind or is it these things you learned along the way? No, we went in with this in mind. I think, you know, the hardest part was probably finding the right fabric because, you know, lace, it, it doesn't always come with a scalloped edge. Like I said, there are many different kinds of lace and they can be made from anything. They might not be stretchy. They could be crispy. We knew what we wanted in our heads, it was really just about how we execute it. And find it, find it first. Yeah. And then. Yes. Find it, then execute it. Yeah. <laughs> that took a while. And what about challenges of working together? Well. Or surprises <laughs> and surprises, not or, and surprises. And surprises. I have worked for my mom in the past. I, I, um, I actually worked for the software company she ran and when it was smaller and it was just like, right, you know, mom, daughter, it was a little challenging, right? Because she's not only my boss, she's my mom. So she's like my life boss. 
<laughs> so, you know, there are those aspects that can be challenging. We are very alike in a lot of ways, even though I think, you know, our tastes and whatnot might differ. There are a lot of, I guess it's surprising. There are a lot of ways that we are alike and we think the same way. So we try, you know, so some things are like easy and done. And then obviously others aren't necessarily always that simple. So (laughs) I'd like to answer that too. So I feel that at least 95% of the time, we're totally in sync. And I think we're a terrific team. Sometimes you just have to say one sentence and we both know exactly uh, what we're doing. Sometimes it is challenging because I understand her discomfort. Some, you know, I, I'm used to like saying, okay, this is how it has to be done. And she doesn't like to hear that yes. for very good reason. <laughs> no, but but of course, but you know, I'm, <clears throat> I used to have, you know, hundreds of people working for me and I couldn't discuss with each and everyone, all the merits and dismerits of what they were proposing. So sometimes it's a little bit challenging, but I really feel that I am learning from her marketing experience, her, you know, the luxury consumer business, I'm learning a lot. And I think she's learning from some of my overall business instincts and strategies. So I I really, you know, other than little rifts every few months, I feel that it's actually a bonding, you know, a bonding, uh, not exercise. It's really much more than an exercise. But it's it's terrific for me to see like the website that Noah put together or the marketing and PR things she's done like herself. I mean, it fills me with pride and it's terrific. And if, you know, if I had a company and she was somebody like totally random, I would have grabbed her with both hands. So I really, I, you know, it's, there's something wonderful about a mother being so pleased with well, you know, I think it speaks, out to it speaks also to that intergenerational opportunity to work together, but also see the skills that you each offer and that they're different, but you appreciate both what both parties are giving. <clears throat> and I think too, from a age inclusion conversation, which we're going to jump into, you have the perspective of someone in their 70s and someone in their 40s, and something that resonates with each of you, you know, you have to consider like, who is your customer and how do we represent her authentically? Which I think you bloomers really sets themselves apart by doing that. You, we've been able to work together on some influencer and modeling with age inclusion around age inclusion. And I don't know if you Noah went into that thinking, Oh, we were going to include older women, or if that was the influence of your mom or Let's talk a little bit about why the desire to be authentic and how you include age in your campaigns. Well, I think, you know, it is actually so it it started with my mom's idea, right? So and initially we thought it was just for people my mom's age and, you know, um no, above 50. No, no. <laughs> no, initially, I'm talking about the very very beginning. And then as I talked to other people about, and we saw who, you know, who actually was starting to buy the product and who liked the product, we realized it's not 
it's not, it's almost like reverse age inclusion, right? Um, we realized it wasn't just for my mom. It was also for, I want to say 35 plus. So people who might have more of a need for a high rise, you know, light support underwear and who have not been served with any kind of product in the last, you know, 50 years, that is definitely, you know, the 50 plus population, right? Everything's a thong or the, all the new um, lingerie brands are really targeting Gen Z or millennials. And it's like, I, you know, that, that left a huge opportunity and a huge gap for um, baby boomers and Gen X. And what kind of feedback have you gotten on that inclusion? People love it. Um, I mean, they're very excited about it. It's it's new, I feel like, to a lot of people, definitely my friends, you know, <laughs> I think they get surprised here and there, but like the overall response has been very positive. People are excited to see like everyone across generations wearing our product. There's a category of woman who, whether she is um, 30 or 40 or 50 or 70 or my mother at 90 plus who really um, cares about being well-groomed. My mother in a wheelchair would never go out of the apartment without putting on lipstick. You know, and there are many women like that. Some really don't care what they put on when they're 18 and some when they're 90 really do. So there is a there is a market and it's not really age specific. You know, uh, one of uh, the, the hashtags is sexy has no expiration age. We're just not allowed. I think as women age, we just don't see the visuals around that. So it's almost, you know, some of the visuals you're using, you're normalizing older women in underwear. It looks like, do you not think older women wear underwear? Of course they do. And do you not think they want to be sexy? They have partners that want to see them in sexy yeah. underwear. <laughs> Absolutely. I just heard this really cute story. I think it was on TikTok or something. It was about this older gentleman that had been married for 60 years, I think. And he bought, every Christmas he bought his wife a shirt. And every Christmas she ate the next day, she had to take it back because it was too small for her, but she never told him. And then that's terrific. She the the grandson said the next year, oh, I'll take you shopping. Do you want me to take you shopping? And he said, Oh yeah, let's go shopping. They went to the mall. They spent, he said his grandfather spent three hours going through, you know, looking and finding the most beautiful shirt. And the salesperson said, Oh, do you know what size she is? And he said, yeah, he pulled out a card and the grandson's like, it was the card from their wedding, her statistics from their wedding (laughs) of what size she wore. And the salesperson got the shirt and the grandson said in his eyes, that's still who she was and how she, he saw her. And I think that for marriages and partners, we always see our partner's how we saw them from the beginning. So wouldn't we want, I mean, my husband has bought me sexy underwear every Valentine's day. And I'm like, I wear boxers and t-shirts, you know, this about me, but (laughs) in his mind, I'm this sexy, he, you know, person. And to be told that by someone else or to see a visual that includes you gives you that permission to be that because sometimes we can't. So I love that you are including not just older women, but 
women of all ages. And, and what a beautiful thing to see your mother celebrating beauty and sexiness and your daughter, you know, it's, it's this very empowering conversation. So I thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. Let's talk a little bit about midlife women and that are pivoting. Maybe they have that idea. This is why I love sharing your story and women hearing the story of the two of you having an idea, not having the background or the knowledge necessarily, but figuring it out. Because there's a lot of women out there with grains of ideas, little granules of ideas, but yet they are, I'm too old to do this. So what kind of advice would you give someone trying to get out of her own way? I personally don't think, you know, if you really want to do it, but you really, you have to really, really, really want to do it. I started, as Noah mentioned, I started my company at 44. It was kind of the end of 44. A month later, I was 45. So, um, yes. But back then, 30 years ago, that was not the norm. No, it's oh, not. No. wasn't the norm then. It's not the norm now. And I do not feel that. Uh, I think there's an advantage. You, first of all, you have a lot of life wisdom accumulated. I've always said that raising kids is probably the best preparation for management because you learn to understand seriously. You, 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 you understand. 100%. And, and Noah is knee deep in raising kids right now. So, no, but, but really, you know, managing people is very much like raising kids. You need to understand their strengths and weaknesses. You need to deal with sibling rivalry. You need to, there's there's this thing of finding what the best um, path for them is. You can't take a kid who's a nerd and turn them into a college uh, basketball uh, stipend winner. So you kind of have to understand with with employees, with everything. Anyway, I'm going a little bit too long, but I do believe that raising a family teaches you how to manage people. You will have encountered a lot of people in your life, you know, people who uh, were honest and people who were not so honest and people who were more lazy and people who were less. So you, you have a better ability to pick your team, which again, as I said earlier, I think that picking the right people to start a business with is the single most important ingredient. You have to have a supportive system. You know, you have to uh, have people you could seek advice from who aren't working with you. It's always very helpful. Let me ask you how you find those people, because I know a lot of women are surrounded by friends and family that see one version of themselves or see one version of them. And then when they start to articulate what they want to do, that support might not be there. So how do you find those women to kind of support your vision? First of all, it doesn't have to be just women. Second, you know, it's okay to have the chutzpah or however you pronounce it, to go and reach out to people that you don't know And you know what? 99 out of them will not even respond to your email. And the hundredth might say, 
you know what, this sounds interesting. Let me give you an hour or a half hour on the phone. This is again, part of you cannot be meek and timid. If you want to start a business, you have to be driven. You have to be bold with us. It took me, I don't know how many times I had to knock on the door of the vendor who actually has become our main supplier, because initially we were nobody and they didn't want to bother. But, you know, I think the persistence and made, made it clear that we're for real and people respect. If you push, pushy is good. It's not bad. People <laughs> like, but I it, yeah. For women, especially sometimes that pushiness can be read the wrong Absolutely way. But. True. but those people who don't want to deal with pushy women are not the people who are going to right help people. you. So you yeah. try another door and another door and another door and another door. But if you feel confident in your idea, share it with everyone, not just your friends, the people at your church, the people at your synagogue, at your children's school. Throw out the idea. You'll get feedback. Share with everyone that might have experience in other areas. You know, bound, brainstorming, bouncing ideas off of smart people, nothing better. Yeah. Any additions to that? Um, well, this is my first business that I've started, (laughs) but no, I mean, my mom raised a great point when we didn't talk about it with the challenges, but like literally we knew we wanted this lace vendor. We reached out, we reached out, we reached out, we reached out. We had other people try and help us reach out. And like, finally, I don't even know how, I, I think it was just like turning to the right agent to, to help us within the company and finding him, then we were in. But up until then, it was just, we just kept going. They kept yeah. saying, no, nobody would see us. Nobody would answer our calls. Yeah. Persistence. I, I think the other key word for me has always been patience. If yes. you really believe in what you're doing, it will happen and you can only do what you can do, make happen. And don't worry about this huge thing at the end. Like, okay, what can I do today to move myself forward versus getting overwhelmed? There are going to be days that are going to be just depressing. Yep. (laughs) You just, you have to know that there are the days that are amazing and you know, you just got to go with the flow and roll with the punches. Like I'll pull out some more cliches, but it's, it's, it's a roller coaster. It is. It is building a company. I mean, if I think of my software company, God, there were days, you know, I had employees. There were days I really dreaded walking into the office. So people wouldn't see how discouraged I was. And then there were days I was elated. For sure. Um, what's next for bloomers? I know you have one, you have the one style right now, but you have different color waves and where to next? So it's funny. Cause you know, we talk about how, um, the first design is more my mother's style and, you know, her psychographic and her lifestyle. So we're working on something a little more for me (laughs) and, you know, my lifestyle and yoga pants and, you know, whatnot, it's still lace, still elegant, but it's sportier. It's a, you know, it's going to be, um, a boy short. And then we're working on something that toes the line of shapewear, if you will, but it's almost, it'll be like a nice little surprise under a dress. And then beyond that, we're looking at 
tops that would work across both of our demographics, if you will, and trying to keep them luxurious, but still every day, comfortable and sexy. Can we talk a little bit about your learning curve with non-traditional marketing channels and what's what for the 50 plus woman, it's, you know, you the traditional marketing channels are not what they used to be. There's, you know, television, magazines, that's not really radio. It's not really there. So what's working for you? And, you know, and the other side of it is being a startup money is limited. So you have to be a little bit more creative. So what has been surprising to you or successful for you starting out? I mean, I'm, I'm not 50 plus yet, but okay. the only thing I have to add to say here is that the traditional still exists, but it is frightfully expensive. It is not an option for a startup period. And that's where NAWS digital marketing experience has been invaluable. So Noah, you could describe that a bit. Obviously, I think one of the channels we're talking about now is social media. You know, I am, I guess I'm, I'm an ex genial. So I, you know, I've been on social media now for like 20 years or so, but I still don't get it, but it's like, you have to get it. You still have to get it and you have to figure out what works. And we're still, you know, we're still working on, on that part of its content, but part of it, you know, there's hashtags and outreach. I would say, you know, like magazines, publications, while print is going by the wayside websites and those, the media properties, that's still like a big area and people are absorbing content on these sites like it's candy. That's another area of opportunity. What I would like to try, and I will update you when we do this again, is direct mail because it's Mm -hmm. making a comeback. And I think that a lot of the 50 plus generation, they grew up with mail. They're still looking at their mail. They are interested in receiving it and checking it out. So I think that's an opportunity for us. I think that the single most important thing when you start a new business is to have a website that conveys your message, that is uh, the experience of visiting it is a very pleasant experience, that it has enough information on it to explain what you are providing and what your competitive advantage is. If we're talking about giving advice to people, that is a very important investment to make. We were very fortunate that Noah did it with very little outside help, but most people will not have that advantage. Still, it's really a very important investment, A, to have a good website, and B, to make it findable. That's very, very important. Well, yeah, yeah, I totally agree that once the website's done, then people can find you. And if you don't have that, the authenticity or the um, the um, credibility of your yes. brand is a lot less. And Squarespace, there's many different website designs that are pretty user-friendly that if you just yep. want to get something up fast and dirty just to get your message and at least have a landing spot, I totally agree with you that it's super important. And that's how I found you, by the way, it was just Google search. So, I mean, if that doesn't show you yep. how uh-huh. right. it is. Yeah. And it's interesting. We both are grassroots companies. 
and the hashtag and the posting and the reposting about how that can really bump you up in the Google search um, can be done organically. You don't have to necessarily pay for that, but it is important to keep, like you guys do, to keep using the same hashtags so that they start to really trend and build your um, ranking on Google search. Uh, so what's just one last question, you know, where, where do you get your inspiration and your drive to keep going on this project and this company? It's hmm. a great question. I think um, it's inborn. No. Yeah, exactly. The want to succeed. Um, yeah. Put in so much time and resources and it's pride that I'm aiming for here. I actually think that that is the pride when you achieve it. I mean, it's almost circular and I do think it's inborn. And is this kind of what you envisioned happening or is it greater than you envisioned or? Oh, the company? Yeah. I don't know. For me, I am very excited that a dream conceived while folding laundry in a vacation home together with my daughter has gotten to a point, you know, I look at some of the reviews. There's nothing that feels as good as getting, you know, one of these reviews that, that came out of nowhere, somebody we don't know, we never heard of, we don't know how old she is, how young she is, who says, this is the prettiest thing I have in my drawer. Thank you for making it. I mean, I, I had obviously wouldn't have started something that I didn't think would succeed, but I'm feeling very good about it. Noah, what about you? No, it's it's true. I, I was trying to think of what I expected when we first, I mean, there were moments where I was like, I don't, this isn't going to happen, <laughs> you know? Um, I think you had some fabric delays during the holidays. Yeah, yes. Oh, and yes, that was fair. The whole shipment was gone for, you know, nobody knew where it was, but it's, it is the, the, the reviews, like nothing feels better than like seeing somebody come back who just, you saw they bought one pair and then they come back and they buy a three pack or they come back and they buy eight pairs. And I'm like, who's buying eight? Like I, I've never <laughs> bought that many pairs of underwear in one sitting, but it's just, it's, it's exciting. It's, and, and I think you're talking about one of the reviews that came in yesterday or the day before, but it's just, it feels really good. Like when it's coming from your friends who, you know, yeah. they're probably biased. It doesn't have that same like amazing effect as like a totally random person on the, you know, that found us on the internet. Yeah. And a review great. And, and an article, which came almost out of the blue. I mean, we, we were trying to get it, but we had an article just about bloomers that Where was, was that article? So, Where can people find that article? It was Refinery29. Oh, nice. It was an absolutely glowing article. We sent them a pair of panties and that was the result. So, I mean, those, those moments compensate for every moment when we're kind of hesitating and uh, it's terrific. Well, where can people find you? You can find us on our website, www.bloomersintimates.com or Facebook, Instagram at Bloomers Intimates is our handle. We're also on Pinterest. I believe it's the same handle as well. Uh, you can find us anywhere. 
We'll probably <laughs> find you. Oh, and, and you're starting to find, and you can find us in stores. We just, just, just started, you know, on a lark. I walked over to a lingerie store in Manhattan, highly recommended by a friend. It's called Lingerie on Lax. And I asked the owner if she's interested. And he said, she said, yes, give me a size run. And she's selling them. Great. So congratulations. That's fantastic. So that's another place, you know, lingerie on Lex at, I think it's 831 Lexington <laughs> Avenue. Good promo. Good. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you well. both for so, so much for being and telling your story. I just love the intergenerational aspect of your story and the seeing a need as you're folding your laundry and saying, what the heck, I'm going to do this myself and I'm going to get my daughter to join in and we're going to make underwear, sexy underwear, not your granny's panties for, for <laughs> women. So Thank, thank you. you for having us. It's oh, it was been, great. Thank you so much, Stephanie. So it's really a pleasure working with you. Have yeah. a good day and thanks for being here. And thank you for listening in today at Brand 50 Reinvention After 50. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information on all of our guests, go to brand50.com, where you'll find show notes and other resources to help guide you through the next exciting phase of your life. Please consider subscribing to our podcast on iTunes, along with other platforms, and write us a review while you're there. You can also sign up for our email list on our site to get the latest podcast updates. We promise you won't get a constant barrage of emails from us, and you can bet we'll protect your privacy as well. You can also follow us on social media accounts listed on our site. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.